Welcome to the show, Five Share Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly, and in this episode, we will preview the 2024 season. We'll also preview that match against Columbus Crew, our first match of the season, and of course, getting the news and some mailbag. But before all that, let's give some love to our Patreon members and uh, on the higher tiers, Gavin, Jordan, Niall, Andrew Wicky, and Chris James. Much love to you all. Uh, we appreciate the continued support. And yeah, it's the new season is upon us, and we have a lot of exciting things that we are looking forward to presenting to you. And definitely get involved now, and it will be so, so good. We promise you. So, yeah, get in there on our Patreon. You can check it out in the description below on YouTube and, of course, on uh, your podcatchers in those descriptions as well. But, uh, yeah, let's get into the news. And the big thing that came out from the last uh, weekend was the new secondary kit, the resurgence kit. And, uh, yeah, uh, it was unveiled at Pullman yard and, uh, or yards. And, uh, there was a little bit of a, uh, left to be desired by some of the people that, uh, gave reviews on it, but the kit itself, uh, it's got the Phoenix, the mythical bird that, uh, Atlanta rose from the ashes and, uh, yeah, on the city seal as well. Uh, the colors, yellow, blue. I mean, it is, I think, uh, one of our crispier kits for sure that we've ever had. Uh, and, you know, the, uh, I think the little details with, uh, you know, the, the gold or the yellow, um, you know, along the sleeves, along the sides, uh, along the collar uh, and the actual bird itself. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty good. There is, to me, a little bit with where the logo sits and where the, uh, you know, the actual depiction of the Phoenix is. It could have maybe been a little bit better, but I think large in part, this is a sexy kit. But what do you think? Yeah, uh, I pretty much agree full-heartedly. Um, I, I, I don't really think about it. I hadn't really considered it, though. The whole placement of the Phoenix, I think maybe it could have been, like you said, there could have been maybe some other ideas. But for the most part, I like it. It's fine. It is definitely one of our better away kits because we haven't. I mean, this might be controversial, but you know, I've taken some flack for this in the past, but I'm not a huge fan of some of our other, most of our other away kits, um, I'll say. But hey, at this one at least is better than some of the other ones that came out for some of the other teams for this season, uh, like the generic white kits that seem to be in abundance. It, there's at least like three or four of them that are just like a bland white kit. Yeah, there's like on one of them, like some topography lines and stuff, but it's all very, you know, uh, generic and vague. It just kind of is boring. So I'm glad we don't have a super boring kit. That would have made me a little sad. Um, there are some fire kits out this year for some other teams. So happy they got some cool kits. It's cool to see them. Um, and when we, it'll be interesting. It makes me really like excited to see 
what our next home kit will be because then we can kind of really go all out with designs and stuff like that um because i mean our last one was a return to our original kit so what the heck are they gonna do this time it's gonna be gonna be pretty crazy Mm -hmm. exactly and uh yeah i mean great points there i think it's also uh one thing to note is uh the whole kit itself and i mean I think in some previous years, we've left, again, some things to be desired in terms of, uh, you know, white shorts with, uh, you know, a gray kit or uh, white shorts with, you know, something that just doesn't really work together. And then the socks don't really work either. I think it's a little bit like that here. Uh, Hopefully we have, uh, you know, kind of a a change short as well. But... uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's just enough of a uh, you know kind of full kit that um, is just better than uh, yesteryear, and I think it's pretty much there. There's yeah, like I said, it's never gonna be perfect, but uh, you know I think this is uh, you know one of our best kits uh, you know in terms of away kits and secondary kits that we've ever had. So uh, and. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit sucky to hear about the uh, the kit reveal itself. Uh, you know, previous years they've he- held it at the bends, they've held it at the tabernacle. Uh, this one was, I mean, Pullman Yards is awesome, but it is pretty much outdoors, and uh, because there's not really air con- or you know heat inside a an abandoned uh, you know train terminal, so it's. Something that uh, that could have been a little bit uh, maybe foresight with, but uh, you know, parking apparently was an issue as well. Uh, some people were actually turned away who had tickets uh, because they didn't arrive early enough. I mean, I think, man, that that's that's still a pretty massive fail. I think uh, you know a lot of like. You're not gonna you're not gonna get goodwill with your fans, uh, you know, by doing that type of thing and uh, by not being able to, uh, I think, plan an event through and through. Uh, and I think this is something that, uh, like I've mentioned in the previous episode, that we need to figure out. We need to, we need to know and uh, be better about, uh, you know, getting as many fans with positive experiences dealing with you know events and other things that pertain with the team because the more they're burned some won't come back <laughs> like it's just the reality of it so anyway uh but moving on from that uh yeah i mean one of these things as well uh the season ticket holder gifts they apparently according to doug roberson will not be uh sent out until early march and, uh, you know, the season's already started. <laughs> yes, uh, of course, as well. You know, you have uh, in, you know, yesteryear, uh, I like this term, apparently, uh, that, uh, yeah, you know, you have some fun gifts. Uh, yeah, usually they're, you know, not really expensive trinkets, but you had the Joseph statue, you had uh, lanyards, you had, uh, you know, various things that were pretty cool. Uh, this year, no idea and it's late you know and as well we're paying more than ever 
And so, I mean, the fact that it's an afterthought, I mean, this is further exacerbating things. So, yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, moving on from that, Atlanta United, they had their last preseason match uh, of the preseason, uh, redundant, <laughs> but it was 3-1, and uh, yeah, SKC, they, uh, in the, the latter parts of the match, were able to uh, not only get an equalizer, but win the match. Uh, now, it, of course, was not streamed anywhere, no one could watch it, uh, no hype for that. Uh, of course, uh, there was maybe a little bit where uh, possibly the team was trying to uh, shroud its tactics or uh, maybe because of what uh, was learned after the fact, Tyler Pilgrim uh, of Scarves and Stripes or Scarves and Spikes, uh, he mentioned that uh, Pineda, they were trying to increase their physical training by 50% versus the level uh, they were at the same time last year leading up to the game. And, uh, yeah, the second teams that came on from SKC were, uh, and the second 11s apparently, um, were pushing 20, 225 minutes at the time in training. And so, uh, yeah, the first team, they had high numbers too. And so around the 60th minutes, the team was extremely gassed. And uh, that was the intention. And uh, so he wanted to have their stamina tested as much as possible and so that they're ready for the 90 minutes easily by the start of the season and uh yeah uh on top of that skc subbed on some young fresh players at the 60th minutes and it clearly was uh something that uh overwhelmed the uh the team but uh yeah you know regarding la united losing 3-1 to skc in the preseason what were your thoughts yeah, like um, I was, I was kind of miffed when I first, you know, it's not being shown. That was annoying. I wanted to see something. Um, us losing three to one when we had originally scored the first goal, and then we just kind of fell off. Um, looking at you know the 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 statistics of them scoring two penalty kicks within nine minutes time, like what the heck is going on defensively? Um, and there was a lot of question marks, a lot of weird stuff. And then Tyler's comments um, that he kind of took from a, you know, um, a conversation he had. I think it was at like the uh, the kit reveal or something along those lines or at a training ground session. Um, he, he Pineda told him basically what you had read and that um, this is all intentional. It wasn't really meant to be a game. This was a training exercise. This was a this was a stamina building exercise. Um, they weren't trying to win this, and that kind of makes me feel a little bit better for them not showing it because in their mind there probably wasn't anything to show. Like we're not there to play a soccer game. We're there to use them as like a training dummy, um, like to sprint against and to you know, test our stamina. That seemed to be what this whole thing was leading up to, um, which you know is not a bad thing. I would really like. You know, it, it's, it goes to show Pineda is adjusting a bit in that he believes compared to last year, this time last year, um, his conditioning training didn't bring the team up to where it should have been, he thought. So now he's pushing them even harder this year. 
Um, so that can be good in that we'll hopefully definitely be prepared stamina wise, but it also can be a little dangerous in that you could push a team too hard um, and we might run into the ground. Some injuries might start popping up. So hopefully he finds the right balance in between. And I think he probably is because he said he's relying very heavily on his medical science team. And they're the ones pretty much giving him the, you know, the go, no go for the players in terms of how much they can handle. So hopefully with that in mind, he's making the right calls, using the players wisely, and they're getting the stamina that they need. Um, so I don't really, it doesn't really bother me that much anymore that we didn't get to see it. And the result also doesn't bother me that much anymore because the context of we were running our players into the ground up into this game and then we forced them to stay on the, the pitch the like entire game against a team that hasn't been doing that. And on top of that, subbed at the 60-minute line. When we, Clearly at the 60-minute line, we were the ones already starting to basically pass out. So, all that in mind, don't care about the results of this game. I don't think it tells us anything about what we can do and will do in the early parts of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, hopefully he's not uh, pulling out Gabriel Hainse and, uh, you know, pulling water from them as well. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's... It's definitely perplexing from a confidence standpoint because you want your club and your squad to be confident going into the first game of the season. And uh, yeah, you know, yes, I get it from a you know a stamina standpoint, from a, a fitness standpoint. But I think ultimately, you know, uh, maybe the other matches you do that. And uh, I mean, that, it's just the the weird thing is. You know, the, the game before, the, the preseason match before the first game of the season. Like, I mean, I, I get it, again, from that, uh, you know, that fitness standpoint. But from a uh, an optics uh, point of view for fans, for anybody else, uh, you know, it, like, one game is not going to... Uh, you know, determine the the tactics that you're going to do for the uh, the season, and you know, Columbus Crew are not going to be like uh, they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be good. They're going to figure out what they're going to be uh, good at and what they're going to do anyway. They're going to uh, implement their plan A. They're not going to be uh, you know that super worried about us at home. You know, there is I think a level of they're going to do what they're going to do and be the protagonist and. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I have my I have my doubts that this was actually the case. Actually, you know, there is a, a little bit of backwards rationalization sometimes with uh, with coaches and their uh, their ability to I guess spin things in the media. And you know, I don't know. I don't know if I fully buy all that. So uh, you know, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, hopefully they're fine for the preseason or fine for the first match of the season. But yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, if they're getting crushed by SKC's B team, like one game away from the start of the season, one week away, I mean, that's, that's really bad. So yeah. I really hope that that's not the case. Exactly. So anyway, uh, yeah, confidence is important for sure. And, uh, well, you know, 
they didn't really gain that from uh, you know that match at all. But yeah, interestingly enough, though, in terms of confidence, all of the interviews they did some interviews recently, um, and in like the you know, other press media day, and all like they were all all the guys who came up were asked about what are their confidence levels at, and they were all very very high. They all said that they haven't been higher. You know, they're as confident as they've ever been, and so you know. I guess the SKC thing didn't, you know, ding them at all, or or they or they that just what they were going to say regardless of what the result was. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, some guys are vulnerable to the, uh, you know, or will be vulnerable to, um, you know, the the media and whatnot, like you know, the likes of say like a Joseph Martinez and stuff like that. But I think a large majority of the guys, yeah, they're not going to show their cards too much, especially at the beginning of the season and all that. Like it's. I feel like, uh, you know, if you're not hyped for the the start of a season, then when can you be hyped, right? So, especially as a player. So, <laughs> excuse me. But, uh, yeah, speaking of, uh, Steon Gregerson, uh, yeah, he spoke to the media and uh, he described uh, his best asset and he said, speed. And, uh, you know, in terms of that, he said, quote, I've gone up against Mbappe in Holland, and I mean to to be fair, he has. So, you know, in that, uh, you know, I think that experience will really help him in this league, and uh, you know, I think you'll give him confidence that uh, you know he's one of those players that uh, maybe, if not positionally, he will be able to recover uh, with his pace. So, uh, definitely fin- finish the Stian, finish the Stian quote. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't have the rest of it, but yeah, so, if you have it. What, yeah. what he said was that because like Doug followed up with said like because he said he had to race Holland and Mbappe, but he asked him, did he beat Holland in the race? <laughs> and he said uh, he beat him in one out of two races. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and especially yeah because they are uh, you know both part of uh, the Norwegian national team and yeah. uh, well at least uh, you know Gregerson is you know in and out probably, but. Uh, yep, and uh, as well, Saba Lapsenitze, he commented uh, on his relationship with Brooks Lennon on the right and uh, how it's grown on and off the field, and he said he enjoyed the preseason with everyone, uh, and uh, yeah, definitely, uh, this is from Tyler Pilgrim, uh, he said he won't reveal who puts butter in the coffee, but uh, yeah. Mystery remains. <sighs> Man, Saba, come on, give us something. Saba, Saba, Saba. The plot thickens. Who is he trying to protect? Exactly right. It's, uh, you know, we had our, our theories. Uh, you can check them out on the previous episode if you haven't. But, uh, yeah, mm, butter and coffee. Oh, one, one, one suspect is off the list. It's not Saba. Yeah, well, he didn't he didn't reveal it was uh, if it was him or not. So He, he said it was not him. Mm, okay. He could be lying, but he, he said it's definitely not him. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Who knows? Uh, but yeah, hopefully it's not salted butter. That's the. <laughs> that's really, I think, the grossest thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, moving on from that, uh, Doug Roberson, he also mentioned that uh, the team is very close to the cap uh, max after winter additions. Uh, so they can't buy down Saba to create another DP spot. Uh, the only way is for them to sell one of the current DPs. Uh, but as well, uh, he further clarified that. The team can buy down two of the three of Stian Gregerson, Bartosz Lysz, or Saba Lapsenice, 
and uh, whichever one they can't buy down will be the third DP. So, uh, yeah, probably Saba will still be the third DP. So, um, you know, uh, it's definitely, it makes it complicated because, well, yeah, the 2024 MLS roster rules were also released. Uh, and, yeah, the salary budget per team is $5.47 million. Tam floor is six eighty three seven fifty. That's up from five point two one million and six fifty one two fifty uh, from last season. Uh, the senior minimum is eighty nine seven sixteen, up from eighty five four four four, and the reserve minimum is seventy is up from uh, sixty seven three sixty to seventy one. Uh, now uh, I think the things that instead of just like number bombing you because uh, this is probably not that interesting seeing and hearing all those numbers but uh yeah the uh the changes to the roster slots of 25 to 30 uh 29 and 30 can now also be used for generation adidas players uh where they previously weren't able to do so and also domestic players uh, they no longer need to be a U.S. citizen or a permanent resident by the roster compliance date. Now they have until the open of the second transfer window, which is July 18th, to either be granted a green card or appeared for a green card interview. So that's fantastic, actually, because, you know, the whole, you know, you don't have to worry about international slots. Well, yeah, even now more so. It's, uh, I think... This has an eye on inner, inner Miami, and it's, uh, you know, that's pretty obvious. And, uh, you know, at this point, we're a team that benefits from this, so I'll take it too. So, uh, no sweat in that regard. Uh, and then GAM, it's, uh, yeah, it's 2.585 million in 2024, up from 1.9 million TAM. And, uh, yeah. Basically, all that number uh, gobbledygook. Uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on you know all those uh, MLS roster rules? Uh, it's it's all fine. I mean, increases are good. It's it's positive direction. But again, this is MLS already having missed the you know the train here and not kind of taking the uh the you know the restrictor plates off um earlier so teams could really go nuts and elevate this league to a really really high level so you know while this is like you know i i, I like to see players get paid more in a league that they deserve to get paid in and that's good and all but again like the train was missed so hopefully next year we'll see even more more significant movement and not just these tiny incremental improvements mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean uh something else that will upset uh some fans as well is that uh the pro referees i mean to a degree anyway uh are locked out and uh yeah i mean it's uh at this point uh basically it was a new cba that uh 95.8 said no and uh, in terms of MLS officials and uh, the PRSA membership. And so, yeah, the 2024 season will be starting with replacement referees. So guys from USL and you know other leagues will be refereeing. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
essentially the the word scab always gets uh, you know thrown about when uh, you know there's uh, people that are uh, non-union that uh, you know pretty much work and yeah I mean they were out there in front of the MLS headquarters in New York uh, they were uh, protesting there was even an inflatable pig but yeah I mean essentially pro referee you know being locked out what are your thoughts on that it's a bad look for the league it looks makes it look silly clownish even um just get get your stuff in order figure things out this is ridiculous you have the best player in the world in your league and you can't get your referees on the same page with you um it just again it's you know the leadership of mls is doing just strange things just unwilling to budge on what seems to be just you know um significant growth and it just it's weird to me to see them so um like resistant to it and so afraid of it um i mean i would say like you know it's not my money so i would say embrace it but like i mean i just feel like this is a great investment it makes sense put more money in see more money out but i mean i don't i don't i can't imagine how you'd like have a better valuation for the league at this minute like why not dive in but i just where it should be a green light everywhere you're seeing red lights and it's perplexing yeah i mean maybe to try to see where mls is coming from maybe you know they're trying not to get extorted maybe no, i mean that's a harsh way to, to say it maybe but uh by pro referees and that's yeah you know they probably saw the dollar signs in terms of pro referees they're like, yeah, well, okay, now the best uh, player ever has now entered this league. Okay, yeah, Ronaldo fans, you can at me. But, uh, yeah, essentially, though, you have, you know, a highly marketable player who is increasing the ticket sales, the kit sales, everything in the league. And, yeah, they want a piece of the pie, too. And, I mean, I don't blame them, but... It is also, yeah, you know, from that optics standpoint, I think is very important. Like you had all off season, there were the whispers, and now the start of the season, and you can't get this done. It looks bad. It looks really bad. And uh, yeah, I mean, now uh, in light of those ongoing labor negotiations, well, uh, MLS they announced that they will put postpone the implementation of the following rules and procedures the timed substitutions rule the off-field treatment rule and the in-stadium var announcements uh and then uh yeah as well the uh they will implement the new return to play equity protocol and stadium clocks uh they'll run until the completion of each half including any additional time at the end of either half and uh yeah i mean it's basically you know the stuff that we were seeing a little bit in the preseason about uh, you know kind of uh, almost you know just like if you go down that you have to kind of wait for a bit of time before you can come back on that will not be the case until they figure out is that out. the case of goalies too uh, we'll see I don't know I, I don't see anything I, that on can't that. be it can't yeah. be because then you have to play about a goalie yeah, and so yeah, exactly. That's uh, that shouldn't be the case. That'd be ridiculous. And so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, as a rule, it's very imperfect. And uh, you know, 
obviously with big uh, exceptions that, yeah, that, that would just make it incredibly silly. So, yeah, no, there's a lot to work out there, and, uh, yeah, that uh, that's quite hilarious. That's, uh, that's a great point, Michael. But, uh, but yeah, and so uh, moving on from that, uh, yeah, U.S. Open Cup news. So familiar face and name, Paul McDonough. He's now the president of the USL. And, yeah, according to Henry Bushnell, uh, yeah, McDonough said that, uh, yeah, the understanding is that the 2024 Open Cup will happen, but probably only with eight MLS teams. And the situation still kind of fluid. USL clubs, many of whom feel wronged, still deliberating. And uh, McDonough said, quote, it's very emotional. He's impressed with the uh, U.S. soccer's financial commitments to the Open Cup. But, quote, we're really disappointed in the Federation for not showing stronger leadership. I mean, it's basically that. It's like, uh, you know, MLS kind of exiting and uh, pretty much prioritizing League's Cup. Uh, yeah, U.S. Open Cup is... I mean, if if the eight... I don't know if we're the eight. It does not say if we are. Uh, it'll be very interesting. I mean, you know, I think we're one of those clubs that has a... You know, a MLS Next Pro side that, uh, you know, I think we'll probably implement that. But this is... This is all very damning. But uh, yo, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, this is a this is the domestic cup that's been going on for like over a hundred years. It's it's ridiculous that the oldest cup competition uh, in the world. <laughs> yeah. In so world. I feel like this is something you should probably not, you know, burn the bridge to. So um, it just it's just. It, I, this is to, I don't know if it's unprecedented, but I wouldn't be surprised if it if it is unprecedented. Like this seems like this is, um, you know, unheard of in the world of soccer to, for a league to back out of the domestic cup of their nation. It just seems weird. Um, it can't be good for the growth of soccer in the United States. Um, I mean, I remember hearing uh, what was it, uh, uh, Sebastian Salazar talking about how. MLS should lose its Division One status because it opts out of the domestic cup of their nation. Um, and I feel like that <laughs> could be a bizarre turn of events if that were to be the case, which I don't know the rules. But I, I mean, if they did that, if they even have the power to do that, and if they did that, that would be wild to see U.S. soccer remove MLS from that and then give it to like USL or something. That would be crazy. Um, but I mean, MLS really is trying to be, you know, the big dog here and they're not letting all these other organizations, you know, be the tail that wags them. And like, it, it's a, it doesn't have to be this way, but again, it goes back to our points earlier where it just seems like MLS doesn't want to budge on things. They don't want to do anything else besides their own thing. And it's, it's like isolationist and greed. It's, I mean, that is antithetical to like growth and prosperity, in my, in my opinion. So, you know, this type of stuff, like growth and prosperity, you know, the that uh, favors the bold, in my estimation. So, this is not bold behavior. This is very 
um, you know, retreating and suspicious and, you know, just it's not a good look. I don't like it. I hope things start to turn around. And instead of MLS, like, pissing on everyone, it seems like they start to, you know, extend some olive branches and bridges start to be made again and slash repaired because a lot of this is just bad and you're pissing off a lot of people. It's just not the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I guess counterpoint too, though. It's, uh, I mean, MLS, why would they care if they're not a first division? Like, they, they've got Messi. They've got, like, you know, all these players. They've got money. It's like, uh, if they're stripped of Division One, like, honestly, it's like, it's a title, really, at the end of the day. So it's like, mm, I can see where, why they wouldn't care. And it's actually, yeah, I mean, I see your points, but it's also... I mean, this is bold. This is going against what history is. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I think the main part, though, I disagree with a lot of their their methods is they're basically saying a big F you to everybody else. And, you know, they're not finessing it at any point. It's basically... Uh, yeah, people are being blindsided. People are, are essentially being like, oh, yeah, what? <laughs> Should we have, like, discussed this behind closed doors first? Instead of, uh, yeah, you know, I think people are finding out uh, that, you know, should be in those conversations, uh, I think, later than they should. And, yeah, that's, that's the damning part. And, um, you know... Whether this is good for the game or not, ultimately, we will see. But, uh, man, uh, you know, more news that will upset people. Uh, looks like MLS and Apple, they're cracking down on the free access to the MLS season pass. So there won't be the one-month free trial offers, free games, the free T-Mobile tie-in. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all really really show if uh yeah the uh the marketing model will work and yeah i mean it's basically they're banking on okay everybody knows that Lionel messi is in this league now so they're gonna pay to watch him okay we'll see i mean but uh yeah i mean it's uh it's not it's not great <clears throat> it's not uh because <clears throat> they've They've raised the prices, but uh, I'm not, again, as an Atlanta United fan, I'm not sure what I get more of. Like, I, <laughs> I'm i I'm paying more for watching somebody that's not even, I'm not going to, I'm going to maybe watch, you know, uh, less than 10 times. Like, does it actually, like, I don't know. It's not really something that moves the needle. Like, this I, is why they should have let the team spend significantly more to up the value of each team so each team had more to give to the fans to watch mm -hmm. exactly and Lionel Messi it's like yeah you know I've, I've watched a good bit of Messi in my lifetime but uh yeah no it's like him at Inter Miami when he like will play here and there and like yeah I don't know it's uh it's not screaming like the value for the entertainment at the moment. But 
We'll, we'll and see. Who knows if he will ever play in Atlanta? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all those uh, all those really expensive tickets that uh, yeah basically have been gouged. It will be interesting. More uh, more upset fans that Michael will have to uh, divulge that uh, <laughs> Messi is not showing up. But <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on from that. Last bit of news: uh, Paul Neto. He is a back-to-back LS1 champion. And, uh, yeah, he uh, got to the final. He beat his opponent 5-1. He is an EMLS legend right now. He is, uh, yeah. A two-time champion. Two-time champion. Uh, and also, I mean, I think, uh, you know, just kind of unprecedented. I think uh, there's, uh, at a level that he's playing, it's it's crazy good. And, uh, yeah, if you watch that, he cooked that guy who's playing too. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, congratulations to the Brazilian. Uh, but yeah, so that does it for the news. And it gets us to the season preview. And uh, we will be joined by a couple of our highest tier Patreon members. And you can join us on these in the future if you join us on the Patreon. And guys, welcome our Patreon members, Drew and Gavin. And uh, yeah, we are going to preview the MLS season 2024. And wow, I mean, it's uh, whew, it's upon us already. And uh, guys, I mean, how? Are you, first of all, how are you guys doing, Drew, Gavin? Doing, doing pretty good right now. Doing well, doing well. Looking forward to it. Love it, love it. And, uh, yeah, how did the off-season treat you guys? I think it was pretty pretty promising. Uh, not sure how it's going to go, but I have all my faith. Mm-hmm. Love that. Say, I feel excited about players we've signed. The team looked pretty good in preseason, even though some of the results maybe didn't favor or look as well as we should have done but team in general looked pretty good mm-hmm. and yes speaking of those players that did come in and uh, all our offseason moves uh, yeah of course we brought in a replacement for miles robinson and steen gregerson uh, bartos schlich uh, is in place of uh mateus Ossetu. uh we've also got uh, Derek Williams, who may fight for a, uh, a starting spot uh, against Luis Abram. And, yeah, you know, uh, a little bit of uh, filling out of uh, the rest of not only Atlanta United, uh, you know, first team, but also the second team. Uh, so there might be some guys that, uh, you know, see some time uh, to kind of help us out as well. Yeah, it's a pretty solid off season in terms of transfers. But, uh, yeah, I think the, the crunch time is now. The season is about to start. And let's get to the first question, which is, what is you guys' biggest worry? Drew. I would say our biggest worry is team depth. So, in a lot of places, we strengthened the, our depth a lot. But there's uh, key areas are right and left back. It worries me about our depth at that position, especially going into later in the season. 
we're gonna we're it's almost a 90% chance that we're losing Wiley to the Olympics. So in a tournament like uh, League's Cup, I see us struggling a lot more than we might do throughout the season just because we don't have a key piece in that position and we don't really have any backup. Aiden McFadden maybe, Hernandez maybe, but those guys are yeah exactly and they're definitely a step down in quality to what we have in the first team and it it worries me a little bit like that going out throughout the season because if wiley or lenin gets hurt i'm worried about how we will survive through that almada leaving is something that's always a possibility but I don't see that as a weakness quite yet. Mm-hmm. Gavin, what's your um, biggest worry? I, I have two, actually. Mm-hmm. One is consistency, mm-hmm. and two is uh, road performances. So, um, as we've seen in uh, the past, we're just a team that's a mediocre. It's just like you saw it in uh, leg three. We got beat early, then we're like, took some sort of response, and uh, we just like keep giving up, and then they they score. Just it's not just about like leg three though. It, we saw a lot throughout the season. We saw lots of it, and um, the uh, road results. I just I'm not saying we're gonna go back to how we were in 2018 when we won like almost every road game because we were the best road team, but we just need to win. Like we just can't lose every single we'll win at least like one but we need to start winning like more than five now like we got to pick up three points on the road rather than just draws or losses like draws on the road those are good too but like the games from last season like the toronto game you should have got three points in that one and uh the new york city one that one uh was a good point because we were down seven in that game those are examples but we just need to stay more consistent and we gotta like Especially the um, road results, because it's always where we don't have a good spot in the playoffs. Because I have us making the playoffs, but we want a good spot and like home games, and we're gonna need to get higher. And the key to that is consistency and road performances. We got to do better. And if that mm-hmm. happens, there will be some good promise. Yeah. For right, and that's a great shot because uh, the team is aware that is a weakness. And Gonzalo Pineda, they have highlighted that as a feature of what they need to work on during the preseason. And yeah, every game in the preseason being away, more or less, uh, you know, not really uh, on their training grounds, uh, the furthest. Uh, obviously in Florida, but even the closest was in Athens. So definitely they were trying to work on those aspects. Now, Mike. What do you think your biggest worry is? Well, um, Drew pretty much covered it with depth, I think, is probably what's on everyone's radar um, when asked about what their biggest worry is for this season. Um, there's just so many opportunities for our guys to be – I mean, that's what happens you have a good team, right? Your guys get called away. So we almost always are penalized for having great players on our team. Um, that That's not going to change anytime soon probably, so get used to it if you haven't already. Um my uh, so it like kind of forces me to think what else could be a a big worry for us. Two things kind of come to mind. One is 
the players not really gelling and chemistry not really being created over the season. Um, you can have a great team on paper, but if the guys who came in and maybe they are all buddy buddy because they, they do sound like it. They sound like they're building a really great culture in terms of friendship and camaraderie. But if that doesn't translate to on the pitch chemistry, that's going to be tough. Um, you can have a great team not play well and get beat by a team that's nowhere as good, but has really, really excellent chemistry. So that worries me. Well, it's still, this is an unproven commodity we have that we're going to put out in the field. So hopefully, you know, it can show us that there's more to it than just a lot of, you know, rock, paper, scissors and laughs and jokes and a lot of good fun. So um, the second issue that I think could potentially be a, like a problematic is, I mean, to me, the big thing about this season is an examination of whether or not Gonzalo's tactics and strategy actually are good enough and or like working. Um, you have the players now that there is no real excuse. It's if you don't do well now, you pretty we've almost we've exhausted like all the other options. It pretty much has to be. Gonzalo's tactics now if we don't do well if there's just something still holding us back there really cannot be many other options I, I can't think of any we've exhausted them all so if that's the case like if either the players aren't registering with the tactics or you know the tactics themselves just aren't very good or the other teams have just figured it out and know how to play against it and are just kind of crushing us every time they run into this the tactic that we put out and Gonzalo's unwilling to change like that could be a way to torpedo an otherwise, you know, good season. So hopefully those two things don't happen. Hopefully the team gels, chemistry is built, and hopefully the tactics aren't an issue. Um, I, I would like to think they're not uh, because then if, you know, if they kind of are, then that that kind of uh, hurts my theory earlier, like the last two years of, well, it's just we had bad guys in the midfield. It's like, well, actually, no, Mike. Rosetto is really good, and you just don't understand. It was Gonzalo's tactics all along. That's what kind of screwed everything up. So if you know, if it's actually Gonzalo's tactics, then that kind of shoots down my whole theory, and that makes me feel dumb. So hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a great shout, because Pineda, uh, whether he likes it or not, he's on the hot seat. I mean, he's uh, he would be our longest-tenured head coach uh, in our history. And uh, at this point... I mean, the guy has not achieved anything here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the leash has been long. And, you know, there has been, I think, viable excuses. But now is the time to put up or shut up. You have the best team on paper that he's ever had. Uh, yes, and injuries have played a part in previous uh, kind of uh, rosters and, uh, you know, how we've looked. But... Ultimately, now he's got a full preseason ahead of him uh, that finished. Uh, he's got, you know, the team that, you know, it should be to his, uh, you know, to his liking and uh, to his choice, more or less. But I think the biggest worry for me is our defense. Look, we, we had Miles Robinson. We had uh, pretty much everybody that's in this uh that's in this back line uh, and you know maybe Bartosz Schlich will impact that in a good bit to be able to shield that defense but the fact is 
pretty much three-fourths of this defense. And also, uh, I guess, if you want to say four-fifths because of Brad Guzan, if he's the starter, uh, we conceded probably, if not the most, but pretty damn near close to the most in the league. And so, yeah, with those aspects as pretty much what we're dealing with defensively, that's a huge worry. What, what has drastically changed? You know, in that regard, have we hired a new coach that uh, is more defensive, uh, you know, as part of the coaching staff? Not to our knowledge. So, yeah, you know, Pineda isn't exactly known for being a defensive guru or a wizard at it. And so, yeah, absolutely, that is my biggest worry is we and plus with the the depth like drew you were saying and it's just yeah there are serious questions and yeah we can try to outscore every single team all we want but i think we found out that uh you know when we're away with the likes of columbus crew it doesn't matter <laughs> like you're you know uh you if you're anemic on the road you're anemic on the road and you know you, you have to figure out some way to stop the ball from going in the back of the net. But yeah, yeah, I mean it, it could be a little bit like the 2018 team. I mean, we let a lot of goals in that season too, but we just pummeled them with goals in return. So if that ends up being the case, I'll be okay with that. I mean, I I agree with you. I think the defense, like I said, has to do with the chemistry thing to me is that if, you know, the back line doesn't gel together, if Bartos can't do what he's supposed to do, I mean, I I honestly think like I said with the whole thing with our midfield was terrible before Bartos is supposed to be the solution to that. And if he's not, we're in big trouble. And one guy is not going to be the solution. I mean, there is... Uh, it definitely has to be coaching and positioning and as well. Uh, the whole defensive scheme. And uh, everyone has to be switched on. We switched off too many times. Uh, we, we let in over 50 goals last season. That's, <laughs> that's not going to win you a league. That's not going to win you an MLS Cup. Let's just be real, and uh, you know you can luck your way into some uh, some good results, but ultimately, like that, you know, the the defense is something that you have to, you know, really crush uh, from a from a tactical standpoint. But yeah, uh, moving on from that, biggest excitement of the season. Uh, we'll try to you know breeze through these a little bit. Uh, so. We'll limit you guys to one. <laughs> but, Drew, what's your biggest excitement? Well, I mentioned team depth on the back line there as a worry, but I also think our team depth going upfield in the attack in our midfield is something to be excited about. Last year, we had a lot of questions about our midfield and our attack. This year, I look at our midfield and go okay we have Muyamba we have Fortune those were two of our best midfielders from last year and now we've added McCarty and Salish and you look at that and you go okay that's a strong midfield that's something that's got good depth as well and then you move forward to the attack you have Yako you have Tiare you have Almada you have Zande Silva, you have Saba, you have Mascara on the bench as well, even though he's going to be out for the first couple weeks. But 
you look at that and you go, okay, there is attacking, there's depth throughout the lineup in those areas. You can see that that is a massive strength for us. And I also, I know you're concerned about this, our center backs, but I look at the players we brought in and they look, to me, they give, give me a lot more confidence in our back line Gregerson looks like he has ha- got the speed like Miles does to recover. And then you add a player like Williams as well. And Noah Cobb taking a very big step in the preseason, looking very solid. It it gives me a lot of hope that going throughout this long season, we won't be worried if somebody in those areas goes down. We have the coverage to continue out throughout the season. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, yeah, attack-wise and, uh, you know, the the reinforcements uh, definitely bring a lot of, I think, positivity to uh, to what we could do. Uh, Gavin, what's your biggest excitement? Yeah, back to what Drew said, uh, the new signings. Uh, very excited to have them here. But uh, my main excitement, I would have to say Yakimakis because... I believe when he came here, he didn't have much of a break. And um, now he finally got that rest. And we, we saw lots from him last season. He came near one, the golden boot. But think about Yakimakis as, like, with new additions, like, in the midfield and just everywhere on the pitch with his break. He gets to, like, back, um, I think Mike mentioned uh, the chemistry. I think... I like to hear um, Yakimakis is like probably trying to like he gets more time to build chemistry with like Lennon or whoever. I just think this could be uh, a breakout season for Yakimakis as I could definitely see him winning the Golden Boot this year, and I could see him depending on whether um, Thiago leaves or not. I think we could see Yakimakis be that main guy for us, especially with what we saw from him last season, even when. He can get much of a break. I mean, he's just, he looks really good as long as he can stay healthy because he got hurt like twice. I think he's pulled his hammy twice, I think, last season or something. And uh, we just need to, as long as, as long as he stays healthy, then I think he can for sure win that golden boot because he, he was out for um, extent periods of times last season and he still almost won the boot, which is pretty impressive to me. Like, think about if he wasn't out those games, but. Biggest excitement, I think we could see a lot more from Yakimakis this season than we did last season. Especially if Thiago stays for a bit. If he goes out, if he leaves in the summer, uh, I still think he can do some things. It's just, it'll be a little different without him. Because yeah. we've seen a lot. Yeah, Yakimakis yeah, is still, yeah, a very complete striker. And, uh, you know, very much, uh, you know, he can poach, he can hold up the play, he can uh, score with right foot, left foot, header any of those and yeah you know he's like we're seeing uh you know uh i think one of the preseason matches he led the team uh out with the captain's armband and uh yeah i think his influence is growing on the team and so uh you know i think uh pineda definitely realizes what he's got in a uh probably more vocal leader than uh, maybe some of the others and especially with uh you know the possibility that uh, braguzan whether he is the starter or not, which we'll get to in a sec. But, uh, yeah, biggest excitement for you, Michael. 
Yeah, it's not going to be because they already took the obvious ones, but the the not so sexy uh, idea, but I think is very interesting, is the double pivot of Tristan and Sleesh. Seeing them work together, if they can light it up this season, this is going to be exciting to watch. Watching them tear apart midfields, opening up acres and acres of space for our attackers, giving our defense plenty of room to breathe and to calm things down. That's that's we're not going to have to be so panicked anymore when other teams are coming, you know, into our uh, into our defensive half, and we will look devastating and and frightening getting into the attacking half. So that's exciting for me. I think if things go well with them, this opens up a whole world for our team um, that I don't think we've had since like maybe 2019 with Darlington Nagby. Yeah, great shout. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely shielding that back line, super important, uh, and also allowing our attackers to play. And that, that for me, is the biggest excitement is, uh, you know, our front four. is uh, you know, them being able to play together for for an entire season. I mean, the uh, goals and assists for Saba, the goals and assists for Almada, Yakumakis, um, yeah, they're all in pretty much like the 90th percentile. Uh, in, in accordance to the league, and then Silva, uh, who's not a DP, he's in the 80th something percentile. I mean, this is going to be a dangerous attack if they can uh, stick together on the field, uh, of course. And um, you know, obviously, we're going to have those uh, international breaks where they get pulled away, and uh, you know, we have some understudies that will be able to help, uh, kind of, I guess, mitigate the uh, the production loss. So. Yeah, and someone that we didn't even speak of as well, someone that uh, you know is scoring on a pretty regular basis when he uh, comes on, Tyler Wolf as well. I mean, this guy, you know, homegrown, but uh, yeah, you know, he knows how to find the, the back of the nets, and so uh, definitely someone that uh, can be a weapon off of the bench as well. So, yeah, the attacking core and corp is definitely very very tasty. So, uh, but uh, yeah, the aforementioned. Brad Guzan, will he be the starting goalkeeper? The real question is, who will win that goalkeeper spot? So just, uh, you know, we don't have to go too in-depth, but yeah, Josh Cohen, also a newcomer. We haven't talked about him yet, but, uh, you know, he was the uh, goalkeeper of the year for Maccabi Haifa. And, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> there was a little bit of kind of... A bit of a, uh, a snafu on his way in, but uh, we were able to clear all that. No big deal. He's uh, you know he's happy to be an Atlanta United player apparently, so that's good. And he's a new father. Will he get that goalkeeper spot, Drew? I think I could see Guzan starting our first game versus Columbus, but. The overall starter of this season, I'm pretty sure, is going to be Josh Cohen. I have seen a lot of quality out of him even before he joined Atlanta United. I watched him whenever he was playing in the Champions League with Maccabi Haifa. He's a quality goalie, and he brings a lot of what Guzan's lacking right now with his getting up there in age. So I think... Cohen will win this spot easily. Okay. Gavin. Yeah. Uh, I agree. 
I think Guzan will definitely start week one against Columbus, but honestly, I, I, I can see, uh, yeah, Guzan starts week one. I can see Cohen. I I think it's just going to be deja vu with what we saw last season, and I think Guzan's going to let in some goals against Columbus, and then they're going to be like, Guzan out. But I think Cohen will, like, probably start for the uh, home opener against uh, the Revolution. I could see that, but I feel like we could see if both keepers don't do as well, like, as expected, I could see them, like, swapping throughout the season. Not like, like, Guzan starts, Cohen starts, Guzan starts. So I'm not talking like that. It, there could just be heaps of periods where we could see Cohen starting, or if he doesn't do well, then Guzan starts. It, it's, a, it's a tough question, though, because it's just, it's hard to predict if Guzan's going to be exactly what was last season or if he's, like, cleaned up his mistakes. But at his age, it can be tough. And Cohen's got lots of talent, but you just never know. It's, all, it's also on the defense. It's also, you got to defend better, too, because that's the key to letting in the goals. So, yeah. Uh, week one, I can see Guzan starting, but week two, I think Cohen's going to start. Unless we do well defensively, then Guzan will start against New England Revolution. But I think for week one, Guzan, but as it goes on, like you said, Cohen will win the spot. Okay, Michael. Yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time until Cohen wins the spot. Uh, it's inevitable, I believe, um, unless, you know, barring some massive calamity. But um, for the first game, since that's what we're we're trying to to uh, answer right now, I'll say, uh, you know, gun to my head, I guess I'll say Guzan starts. But just because I think of it's like kind of a formality way to start the season. Um, you know, it kind of is more of a statement thing that it is like a we definitely have more faith in this goalkeeper versus another. Um, so who knows um, who it'll be? I I can I could see either way. Like they can say like, oh well, we'll put Cohen on because we know Columbus is a good team and we know we rate Cohen more, so we're gonna have a better chance with Cohen on there. But in the home opener, we're definitely gonna have Guzan because you know formalities and being you know uh, courteous to a guy who has you know carried us for a while as our goalkeeper and captain so um you know i I could see that as well like an argument for that um i don't think this matters too much so (laughs) it is you know it is what it is um like it's you know it i don't think it's going to really i think it'll be more interesting when cohen fully takes the helm and then I don't know when that'll exactly be, but I'm hoping it'll be at least like in the first quarter or third of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it matters for the fans and the the optics. Yeah, it does matter with not, that, but it doesn't matter if yeah. like you know, mm-hmm. the like the you know at at the end of the season we do well. No one's gonna really care about you know the first mm-hmm. game or so. Right, and well, that's what it is too. I think too is that. Well, you have the optics for not only the fans, but you have the optics for also the players and doing right by the players to a degree. So our team captain for pretty much, what is it, uh, five years? Uh, Yeah, I mean, and for him to just be unceremoniously just, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, and while he's still on the team, I can see how it might be a thing, but it's also you got to do what's best for the actual club as well. And that first game is 
probably one of our toughest games of the season. And if we play Braggersan, <laughs> it is going to be tough. And, uh, you know, I I don't know if he's going to have the ability to... Uh, to stop some I mean, of the he's uh, not we know he's not we know he's face. not he's not up to snuff yeah. when it comes to going up against columbus we just know that so right yeah and so that's what it is it's it's a tough call for Pineda to a degree he's kind of being put under a uh you know the best case scenario would have been brad guzan retiring probably uh in this offseason but that wasn't the case obviously and i mean yeah you can utilize his uh, you know, his veteran experience and, uh, you know, his wisdom for the rest of the, you know, the squad. But ultimately, uh, it's a it's a weird problem to have, for sure. And, you know, it's uh, ultimately something that's, uh, that's a headache for Pineda. And uh, I think, yeah, we have to start Josh Cohen uh, for that first match. But will it actually happen? That uh, is the other story. So, uh, yep, moving on from that, uh, I think, you know, let's make this uh, a yes or no. Does Tiago Mata stay the whole year? Drew? No. No. I, okay. I don't see it. He, especially with the Olympics this year, mm-hmm. that's, that's the biggest worry. Mm-hmm. If he does well, his price shoots up. Mm-hmm. Gavin. Yep. No. Um, I don't see it happen. I don't. I don't think he's gonna stay with us. I think his value is gonna increase because we know who he is. He's gonna do well. I think he's gonna get sold middle of the season. Uh, how it affects us, I'm not sure. Because we'll see how. I mean, we've already not had him this entire preseason, but the two preseason cares. But I don't think he's gonna stay with us. Okay, Michael. Yeah, I mean, if if everything goes according to plan, he should be gone. So, I mean, that's that's what we want. That's the ideal scenario. Um, it's gonna hurt because there really aren't that many players like him available. Um, you know, at his rate, at his age, his talent and his potential, like there isn't a lot. There are, but it's you know, Thiago is special. Let's not forget that. So it's gonna be. A little bit of a, a pain to see him go and to eventually find a replacement that probably won't live up to Tiago, but hopefully we can at least get something close that the difference isn't night and day. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I agree. He's uh, not going to last the season, but uh, hopefully we can pull a Columbus crew and, you know, yeah. uh, do what they did with Zalarian with Rossi. So. Yep, uh, hopefully that is the case, but uh, yeah, that's a, a big thing to look out for this season for sure. Uh, let's, uh, yeah, maybe with uh, the, in terms of the next question, breakout performer, the name and pretty much like a couple, like a couple sentences, why, but breakout performer, Drew. I'm going to go with our breakout performers going to be Firmino. Mm-hmm. I think, especially with uh, Almada getting sold probably this summer, I think if he can pick up half of the vision and passing that Almada has, maybe even a quarter of that, I think he will bring a different wrinkle to this team. Mm-hmm. He is more of a second striker type of center attacking mid. 
and that gives a different type of look to defenses and everything like that and I think it could benefit this team a lot and I'm interested and I do think he can do well we've we've seen him even in the short stints he's had up with the team look pretty well he scored in his first game and I think he will break out and play very well this season now to what degree I don't know but I think we will be fine with him manning that number 10 position it's a great show uh it's definitely he's more of a box threat than uh Almada to some degrees so uh definitely it's a different dynamic uh with him but uh definitely uh a really great show Gavin I got uh Jean de Silva so whether or not Thiago stays or goes, but I think he goes. Um, I could see Firmino definitely being a replacement, like what Drew said. He can definitely be like that, but I don't think he'll be enough as a complete breakout. I, I could see. I'm not saying Silva's going to be a complete replace, uh, like replacement of Almada, but I think he'll. We've seen lots of what we he did last season, but. Um, like, he scored lots of good goals. He's uh, got good skills. He's just... I think we're going to see a lot more from him. Like, triple what we saw from him last season since he was new. I just think we're going to see a lot more from... We're, we're going to see a lot more of that from him. He'll provide assist goals. He'll be, like, under... Like, if there was, like, goal leaders, I'd say... Yako at one. Almada maybe at two. And if there was someone below that, I think it'd be Silva. And I think he'd be, I think he's better than Saba. I think he's just, he's got that in him. Okay, very, very interesting shout. I like it, I like it. Uh, Michael? Yeah, so we kind of have like an embarrassment of riches uh, when it comes to potential breakout players, which is exciting. It's like, who's going to pop off this season? Um, You know, so it's, it could be really uh, like a handful of guys. i want i guess in terms of just a massive impact on how the team plays and making us markedly better i would really want sleaze to be kind of the surprise um you know i mean it shouldn't be a surprise hopefully when we went out and got a good player but like you know i want him to really kind of blow everyone's uh mind and kind of um put us into a higher echelon of team um, and I'm really, really hoping that he is the guy who can do that. Um, again, this was an area where we were, I believe, sorely lacking. And reinforcing it here a good amount should allow us to tap into our full potential. So hopefully we'll be able to see that. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, for me, I think uh, I think it's going to be Josh Cohen. I think, uh, you know, he's got that shot-stopping ability that we're sh- sorely missing. And it's going to be so refreshing when uh, yeah, he's able to actually make some stops that we're just going to be, like, mind-blown. And, uh, you know, it may not be, uh, I don't know, uh, it may not be top-of-the-league levels of performance. Uh, it could be. But I think it's just going to be such a market difference that we're just going to be like, oh, man, like... This is what we were missing for the past couple years, maybe. So, uh, but okay. Team MVP. Drew. 
I'm gonna go Yakimakis. I do. I think he's gonna win the Golden Boot this year. Uh, I he almost won it last year, which he had. This he couldn't start the first couple games of the year with the visa issue that we had, or him just coming over, and then he had picked up a couple injuries and still almost won the Golden Boot. I could see him taking off this year and putting up astronomical numbers. It. He is a proven scorer in a top team in Europe, and it's it, it'll be interesting to see what he does with a full season on uh, with the full season training and rested up. It could be a very dangerous for the league. Mm-hmm. Great show, Gavin. Everything you said, Yakamakis. Even if Almada stays, I still think um, Yakimakis is going to be the team MVP. He's scored many, many goals, even when he's been hurt. I think he's just that guy. He's going to be that MVP. He's always going to be there no matter what. He's going to... I think he'll win the Golden Buddha as well. I know there's lots of other um, goal scorers out there. I mean, Messi's in the league now. Uh, they brought in Suarez. They have Buanga, I think, still with LAFC. Yep. I was rumored to go to Liga MX, but there's many other goal scorers. But I think, I mean, still, it's just I don't know how you can't be convinced that anyone else is going to win the Golden Boot other than Nakamakis when he was out, but still almost got there. He's just going to always find a way to score goals. I mean, you ask me who Prime Joseph or Yakamakis right now, tough question. But I still think Yako can definitely win the Golden Boot, and he's going to be a team MVP. Whether or not Almada goes and stays. Uh, for majority of team goals this season. Yeah, uh, yeah. If it's not injuries, I think the only deterrent is if he can stop getting yellow cards, <laughs> which I don't think it's in him. <laughs> I, he's gonna get yellow cards. Yep, and it's just nope. what Damn it's it. gonna the be. The same demons that allow him to keep scoring also come with yellow yeah. cards. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, and but that's the thing. He's that motivated and. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to doubt him as team MVP. Is he yours, Michael? Yeah, it's got to be. I don't, there's really no other really good. I mean, unless Tiago stays the whole season, um, that's the only other competition he'll have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue any of that. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe others that, uh, if we we're talking about maybe intangibles, possibly, um, you know, you could argue last season that. You know, Brooks Lennon was uh, a person that just, with his availability and, you know, uh, his ability to, um, you know, just really, I think, uh, you know, be be that team player and play full 90s, play, you know, uh, forward or at right back. I mean, you know, uh, that's a possible shout, too, uh, from a non-statistical standpoint, but... I mean, still, it wasn't anything to shake a stick at. I mean, he was the most productive right back in the league, too. Four goals, ten assists. So, you know, uh, maybe that, uh, if we're going to try to bring somebody else into this conversation. But, yeah, it's probably Yakimakis for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, prediction for the season. Where will we finish in the East and how many trophies will we win? I have us finishing third. 
I could see us finishing as high as second or as low as fifth, but I have us in third. It's going to be a battle for that top four. I see a group of five teams that could, any one of them could be in that top four. Um, But I think we have the quality and the depth to be able to stay in that top four and get in third place. So I think we'll be fine there. I see us winning one trophy this year, and I think it's going to be the big one. I think we have a shot at winning this because we have so much depth on our team. I see us also adding in the summer to some of the positions that we're a little worried about. And our attacking trio right now in our attacking like quad that we have it's it'll get us through a lot of situations even if our defense is whole is not as good as we would like it to be i think that will put a lot of teams on their heels and we can win that that trophy for for the season okay so mls cup you're thinking all right i love it i (laughs) love it gavin you know, I love to I love to think optimistically. I don't think we're gonna win any trophies this season. I think we can get close to one, but I don't think we're. I mean, I can like we are definitely capable of winning trophies. I just don't think we're the team to be like that this season. I think there's gonna be a team just one step ahead of us because I could see. I mean, you know, there's teams out there like you know Columbus Crew. Natty, Miami, and I think the Rebels are going to do better this season. So that's like, yeah, there's just, I think they're just teams that are going to be just a step ahead of us. But I have us finishing fifth or fourth, maybe. Fifth. I, I'm saying fifth. That's my prediction, fifth. Mm. Um, it's going to be, I think we'll have improvement. I think we'll win almost every home game this season. I think we'll win more road games, like I mentioned. But it'll still a little glimpse from last season, just that we do a lot better than last season. And mm-hmm. I could see if, and if this happens, if this happens if we get relatively close to any trophies or finishing at least fifth, I could see Pineda keeping his job in time being. But if we don't make the playoffs, not trying to switch the topic, then I'll see him staying for next season. But um, yeah, fifth place and no trophies, but I do see us getting close to it. Like, um, I think we can make it out of the group stage in the League's Cup, but I could see us getting knocked out the, the round after like yeah. U.S. Men's National Team, like that. Or I have us probably winning the first round of the MLS Cup playoffs because I, I have us making the playoffs. But um, I just don't see us getting to MLS Cup yet. Maybe the semifinals again, maybe the round before, I don't know. But we'll definitely fill out the promise and get closer there. And maybe we will. Maybe we will win. I just... I don't want to be too optimistic because I've been too optimistic for years past and it just never worked out. So I'm going to be more realistic than that. So you're hedging your bets a little bit, but uh, yeah, Pineda keeps his job. Okay. Michael. Yeah, I think Drew and Gavin are largely correct. Uh, I have them at five. Um, it's Because yeah, I feel like it's just not going to make life easy for an Atlanta United fan. So of course he'll have to... His Atlanta United will land fifth. 
Uh, so everyone will be like, well, he didn't meet his KPIs of fourth, so he's out. And everyone's like, well, no, it's fifth. It's really close to fourth. And But look, they played really well, and they almost won X, Y, and Z Cup, but they didn't win any of the Cups. And it's just, yeah, he's right there. Just one more year. Just one more year. It's just going to be that. And I know it's going to be uh, a lot of bickering and annoyance online about that. So we'll see. Of course, that'll be the case. <laughs> this will never be easy for us. Um, yeah, so I like I, like they said, I don't... I don't Drew said we win MLS Cup. Um, I think we'll come close to uh, a, like maybe two cups, but I don't see us winning any of them. I think that we are going to start to solidify ourselves as a dominant team in the Eastern Conference that everyone now has to kind of look out for. Um, and I think maybe the seasons after this one, we're going to actually start to threaten for the trophies, maybe make some cup finals. And then, I mean, like they said, you know, I believe we have the potential to perhaps upset some teams and to sneak in and beat and win some trophies this season. But I think things are still taking their time to to be assembled. Um, Some of these teams have been playing together for a while now. They have a lot of chemistry, a lot of time under their belt. These are proven championship quality teams. Like Philadelphia, Columbus, Cincinnati, they barely chopped and changed anybody. They're all like kind of the same team almost. Um, You look at, there's an article on Five Stripe Final that Joe Patrick put out about analyzing the Eastern Conference. And he's like, this is probably the best team since 2019 that LA United have had. But don't make, don't let that fool you understand that this is the probably most stacked the Eastern Conference has ever been in terms of competition. So even though we've gotten really good again, all the other teams have also gotten really good too. So that kind of makes me think it's going to put us out of the running for a cup this year um, until we get a year or two of all of this complement of players playing together and solidifying themselves under hopefully a coherent system with Pineda. And if not, then moving on to the next coach's system that comes in. Um, And then, you know, kind of starting that whole thing over again. So we'll see. Yeah. And I mean, guys, uh, you know, it's great points. There's one team that we haven't even talked about that uh, was second in the East last season. Orlando City, and they have been uh, also as well very good and largely intact. And Oscar Perea is still their coach, so uh, and they've yeah. upgraded players too, which is even scarier. Exactly. And uh, so, you know, you have that too, and so it's man, you know, it, it's all the points are I think very valid that uh, we have a very tough road ahead of us in the East. Uh, yeah, fifth probably looks like a viable spot uh i think i am actually a little bit high on our chances there as with the caveat that we can stay healthy and we uh maybe keep tiago mata if we don't that we bring a viable uh you know replacement in for his production and you know as well fill in those death things that we need uh, you know, the the left backs, the uh, more midfield, I think, as well. Uh, you know, it's uh, still a little shallow in terms of uh, what's going on there. But, uh, you know, our starting 11, like, if they can stay healthy, it can compete with 
the best in the league. But we also are dealing with Lionel Messi in the league. And by God, this league is going to do everything that they can to see Lionel Messi win something. And, you know, because if not, will it mark uh, his time in MLS as a failure? Will uh, it even kind of optics-wise make the league look bad a little bit? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a larger argument, but, you know, we won't get into that. (laughs) But it is, I think, yeah, we finished fourth in the East. We do not win a trophy, unfortunately. Uh... But yeah, I think we do come closer than we have in the past years. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's League's Cup. We have it kind of going against us a little bit uh, with some of the other things that are going on around the same time. And uh, yeah, I mean, will we have our, our full strength 11? Who knows? That's the, uh, the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, Caleb Wiley maybe missing from that is a huge cog. And uh, so, yeah, that this summer, that transfer window will be very, very important. But, uh, yeah, and as well, uh, of course, uh, you know, we've talked about it in the episode itself, U.S. Open Cup. Uh, we, we won't know if we're actually part of that or not. One of the eight teams that uh, may be playing in it uh, that are of MLS. Uh, so that could be another trophy to possibly, uh, you know, compete for. But, uh, yeah, ultimately... You know, of the of the three trophies, yeah, it's just unlikely. I, I don't know if we have the the long haul for the supporter shield. I don't know if we have maybe the defense for the MLS Cup uh, yet, and then for the for the league's cup, yeah, it's uh, aforementioned luck of the draw, and uh, you know if our depth can play along. So, you know, it's it's gonna be tough, but. It should still be a very fun season, and I'm sure we will have a lot of late uh, moments that uh, we will score late and we will be incredulous. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be, I think, uh, something where Gonzalo Pineda, that's the ultimate question. Can he bring us to glory? And hopefully he can. But but yeah, guys, uh, yeah, uh, you guys can be... uh, part of this as well in the future by joining us on the higher tiered Patreon levels and definitely yeah it was a lot of fun with you guys Drew, Gavin and uh, yeah do you guys have any parting uh, thoughts on this season before we sign off almost ATL <laughs> I was say, I can't wait for Saturday can't wait for this season to start Love yeah. it, love it. But, well, what I what I could see happening is, uh, let's let's say we lose to Columbus, we're gonna see on social media Pineda out, Pineda out, Pineda out, and I think that first game is very key. Um, we'll see what happens in the home opener. We're the home team. Uh, we're playing New England, who we haven't been at home in a while. I don't think, but that matters for. Uh, mainly good with home openers. Last season was electric home home opener. Uh, we saw stoppage time brace from Almada and beat San Jose again. Uh, hopefully, we see something like more of a dominating performance. That's I know what I want to see. But I just want uh, 
for us to play good. Uh, at, at least win a draw at Columbus. That's what I want to see. But if match day is always going to be a good day no matter what. So Saturday can't come any closer. And that is good. All right, guys. Well, uh, yes, cheers to you guys. Much love for you guys always. Uh, and definitely, yes, good luck to us in this season. Thank you again to uh, Gavin and Drew. And yes, let's get into the mailbag. And you guys send in these questions through IG Story and also Discord. And uh, yes, uh, we are uh, giving priority to the Patreon members for their questions. So definitely shoot your questions there and we might answer your question in the future. So first question comes from Gavin and he says, how could we see ourselves face Columbus after being eliminated by them in the playoffs last season? Similar way last season, but revamped? Or do you think we will have a totally new game plan? Obviously, uh, we will get to a bit of this in the match preview, but uh, yeah, how do you see this? Uh, I think I think we're what everyone predicts we're going to do, we're going to do. We're going to play the same way we played last year and try and beat them at whatever that is supposed to be. Um, that kind of gets into a deeper question about like what the identity and what they're trying to build here in Atlanta is. Um, but whatever it is, um, we saw a glimpse of it last year, and I think that they're going to try and perfect it this year. Whether or not that's good enough to beat Columbus remains to be seen. Um, I don't know if it is, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, uh, next question comes from... Indomitable 17, any chance of GG going to the Euros if Greece qualifies? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's one of he's one of two like of their main strikers, so I think he would accompany them if they moved on. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, and so, yeah, if they qualify, yeah, we're going to be missing him for some time. Uh, now, yeah, next question comes from J Win 20 now that the team looks completely different do you think Gonzo and Boca are on the hot seat now more than ever yeah absolutely um, this is a do or die season for Gonzo um, it, this, this will test the theory of is this it was was last season or their inability to do you know meet their goals um due to lack of just good enough personnel or was it more an issue with the tactics and strategy from the coach um this will test it because we've exchanged a lot of the players out that we thought were uh holding us back so if they still struggle then i think it's pretty clear this is on gonzo's tactics and strategy because whatever we have going on right now should be good enough to win and if it doesn't you gotta ask questions about what else what other variable is it and it's pretty obvious it's gonzo's tactics so um i was under under the impression that his tactics are fine and it was the personnel that was the issue specifically in midfield so since we've cleared a good amount of that out and now we have what are supposed to be far superior improvements we should be able to see 
far superior improvement of the team in general and in the standings. Hopefully we can get there. Um, it remains to be seen. And if we don't get there, I think it rests uh, exclusively on Gonzo because I don't think it's the players. I don't think Boca will be in the hot seat really because I don't think Stian, um, you know, Tristan, Zande, Saba, and Sleece, I, I don't think these, or Dennis Williams, I don't think these guys are Derek Williams. Derek. Anyway, I don't think these guys are uh, the problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, definitely, I think, fully agree with uh, what you're saying. And it's, yeah, I mean, Boca Negra, yeah, I think his leash is just a little longer than maybe some people want, but it is what it is. I mean, he's he's brought some, uh, you know, maybe with Garth Lagerwey's, uh guidance as well. But, uh, yeah, he's brought some, some players that uh, show some really good promise right now. And, uh, you know, so... I think uh, if we're not able to address things that we need in, uh, I guess, future transfer windows, that's where we can start to, again, uh, be critical of, uh, but I think, yeah, you know, Lagerway, Boca Negra, they had a really great offseason in terms of uh, pretty much mostly filling our needs. So, uh, yeah, next question comes from... Uh, Josh Cohen fan. What do you think the rotation between Josh Cohen and Brad Guzan will go out? Mm, a Josh Cohen question from the Josh Cohen fan. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like we kind of talked about this in the um, you know the season preview uh, part with the patron guests. Um, I, 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 I believe Cohen will win the job in at, at the minimum the first quarter of the season. I think it'll be clear that he will be the starting goalkeeper, and he should be. Um, it it would baffle me if he wasn't good enough to beat out Guzan by either Guzan some miraculous way getting better, or Cohen not being as good or incapable of getting to the level needed to to uh, surpass and usurp Guzan. That would that would blow me away. So I since definitely think he'll overtake him and i think it won't take very long i think um we got into this a little bit earlier that some of brad guzan's um showings will be fairly ornamental and 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 with a lot of deference to his time with the club um and it won't necessarily be like we chose him because he is by far the better choice <laughs> i think i think the better choice um is most likely every time going to be cohen yeah, I mean it's a it's a great shout, and yes, uh, yeah, of course we had uh, talked about it earlier. So definitely, uh, if you I guess skip to this bit, check out what we said. Uh, yeah, uh, Lancillo Green asks, how many minutes do you predict Aiden Torres get this season? Uh, I'll, I'll kind of answer it for you a little bit because uh, I, I think it's very little. <laughs> I think it's a uh, you know uh, since we're not in U.S. Open Cup, since we're if we're playing uh, League's Cup, uh, you know, there's just not... That, that's where I would say. Yeah. League's Cup is where he'll has time to shine, probably. Yeah, if. But that's the thing. It's, yeah. it's going to be... It's super competitive. Uh, and I, I just don't see very many many minutes for a lot of the LA United 2 players, uh, bar maybe uh, ones that are pretty much first-team players that are fringe. 
And um, so, Aiden Torres, not sure he's one of those. Um, next question comes from Crisco.25. Why is the home kit the same? No change. Uh, so it's every two years. Uh, either the home or the uh, away or the, if you want to call it primary and secondary. Uh, that's when they change. So, yeah. You know, they're... It's not like uh, other leagues where you know it's going to be every single year, all the kits change. Uh, MLS is a little bit more penny pinching on some of that. What a surprise! Yeah, right. Uh, but um, and something I learned recently is that um, when they do this, not all the teams are on the same rotation cycle. So, as you notice with some of these jerseys that came out this season. Some of them are away jerseys, and some of them are home jerseys. So not everyone is on the same timeline. Which I think is a good thing because, yeah, I mean, if all the all the new kits that you see on social media are just all the white kits, that's fairly bland and boring. So, you know, that at least they have that figured out. But, uh, yeah, and uh, last question, uh comes from uh, Micah the Guru. Will Almada be ready this weekend with how little he's been involved so far? Um, yeah, I believe so. Um, I've seen him in pictures in the training ground uh, that he's been training. He's been with the team. Um, you know, since he got back, he had a little bit of time, you know, to chill, but he is there with them and training. So, I believe we will see him a a starting game against the reigning champs away without Almada is a terribly is a terribly terribly scary prospect. So, I mean, you could pretty much write the game off if we're not gonna field him. Um, so yeah, I think we we pretty much have to. I mean, yeah, I I, I don't think this team is very capable without Almada. Especially against the you know the reigning champs. So uh, yeah, he will be involved. Uh, it will remain to be seen. We'll preview it right now, pretty much. Uh, you know, if he will be part of it. So, uh, yep. But uh, yeah, guys, thank you for your questions. And yeah, we look forward to seeing your questions in the future on IG Story and on Discord. So uh, again, if you are a higher level Patreon member, you will get your answers or you will get your questions answered. And, uh, you know, within reason, of course, obviously, uh, <laughs> about Atlanta United. And uh, But yeah, so uh, that moves us to the match preview. And we will be playing the Columbus Crew 2 p.m. on Saturday at lore.com field. And I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. I mean... It's a very early match. This is probably the earliest that we played in a really long time. And, uh, I mean, essentially, we know uh, what happened when we last played them. We got bounced out of the playoffs uh, in the first round. And, uh, yes, it was a three-game series. We beat them at home pretty emphatically. But, uh, ultimately, they were able to win the series and able to win the MLS Cup. And Wolford Nancy... Uh, yeah, I think without a doubt, best coach in MLS last year. And, I mean, he's just a, 
a coach that's able to adjust tactics, adjust within games, uh, control and dominate proceedings. And, I mean, it's just... And this team has really, really great talent. Uh, the, you know, ba basically the, uh, you know, the difference really is that uh, basically Julian Gressel, Kevin Molino, and Josh Williams are no longer part of the team. But, uh, yeah, they have key signings in Marino Hinestrosa and Derek Jones. And, uh, yeah, basically uh, players that he can shift uh, with, you know, not only a wing back, but also uh, a defensive player in Jones. I mean, you know, more or less largely unchanged. Cucho Hernandez still part of the team. Diego Rossi, Valentin Nagby, of course. I mean, this is just a stacked team that's and Gre Gressel's gone. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and so it's it's that. I mean, it's uh, I think many of the pundits are predicting them to finish as low as third, but uh, or as low as sixth actually, and uh, that that person. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't what know they're... how much longer they're going to be working as an analyst in MLS. Yeah, and exactly. Like yeah, I mean, I don't know what kind of crystal ball that they have, but. Uh, you know, that'll be very interesting, but uh, most of them have them finishing first or second. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really, really interesting how well they do. But, I mean, against us at lower.com field, I think they'll be pretty confident. Uh, and they will look to probably uh, make sure that they get the three points in their home opener. They'll be amped, uh, you know, we pretty much have been training the entire preseason uh, to try to see if we can do something in this match. And uh, hopefully we can, but, I mean, ultimately, uh, it'll come down to a lot of things, a lot of factors. But, uh, yeah, what, what do you prognosticate in this match in terms of, like, what we need to do in order to nullify their threats and actually do something? Like first, I want to start by saying, why did we get the hardest possible matchup in the first game? That just that that's annoying. Like seeing some of these other first matches that the good teams in MLS are getting. Like why can't we like play Chicago? Like why aren't we playing you know Minnesota? Like these top teams are like you know I forget who they were. Like Philadelphia and Miami, I think, are like playing. Well, Miami with the uh, RSL, but there was another one too. Maybe it was Cincinnati, I think, uh, or Col yeah, Cincinnati. Uh, they're like playing these like really low-ranking teams in their first match, and I'm like, what? Wh why? Why can't we have that? <laughs> so yeah. that was frustrating to see. Um, anyway, you know, it is what it is. Um, what? I mean, I don't think any team has figured out how to beat Columbus consistently so i don't think gonzalo is going to be able to figure it out this game um it remains to be seen if anyone will be able to figure them out uh this year and is able to like kind of just silence them um yeah it'll be interesting if it like even like how miami puts up against with them it'll be really interesting to see that um for us i think we need to get out of there with a draw um if we can scrounge a goal we have the potential the firepower the tenacity hopefully in the and the endurance to you know scrape out a, a goal and 
hopefully our defense can hold them with the new and improved defense that we're going to be sporting but i mean columbus is just that good and they find ways to hurt you and it's it can come from it seemingly anywhere it, it, one thing is they like to score a lot of you know outside the box howitzers against us so if we start brad gazan we're in trouble so we need to have cohen in there if they want to take those long range shots we can do something about it hopefully um and not end up like we did the game you know in the mls cup where we let in like two howitzers which was just what a back-breaking thing i mean ah, that was terrible to see um so hopefully we can get out of there with a draw um i guess tactically how we can my my guess to how best to stop columbus um, would be to force them down the wings, clog the midfield, force them down the wings, basically what teams do against us, and, and force them to not do any kind of interchange play right above our box or get into the box, but force them to cross it in and then to hope for someone to get ahead on it with our tall defender like Stian can hopefully get to it first, or Josh Cohen athletically coming out and stopping it proactively. Um, I think that's probably our best chance to stop their offense, um, allowing, you know, Cucho to get in, um, weave in between our defenders. It's just not going to, that'll kill us. We can't let that happen. If that happens, that guy scores and he will. So, yeah, well, that, that dude is inevitable. And uh, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. the the level of play that we have to be at in this first match. Uh, is not something that we're really accustomed to. Uh, yeah, you know, we start off the blocks usually kind of slow, and uh, you know, it's something that hopefully is not historic. We hopefully maybe subvert what we've done in the past, but uh, yeah, I mean, I see, I see, uh, you know, kind of how you think we should play, and I mostly agree. I think. Maybe it should be a little bit more of a mid-block to, you know, kind of... Because we have the safety valve in Sion Gregerson. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can contain Cucho Hernandez. Uh, and I think really, if we can crowd out their midfield, if we can uh, make Nagby uncomfortable, and ho hopefully Bartosz Schlich, uh, the new boy, can... Uh, you know, he and Muyamba, uh, hopefully Muyamba has a better showing in Columbus because, uh, yeah, you know, in, uh, in that first match, in that first, uh, first of the three game series, he got found out a little bit. He, uh, <laughs> he was kind of bullied. He was pretty much, uh, thrown, I mean, not thrown about, but more like, yeah, he was late. He was chasing shadows. He, uh, he got that yellow. It was, he had to come off. It was yeah, he, he looked off of it. And, um, yeah, hopefully Muyamba has a better showing in this and we can essentially maybe, yeah, you know, play Lennon in there as well and maybe Wiley at times, uh, maybe Almada track back a little bit to just really make it uncomfortable for Nagby to play out because that's their cog. That's the player that makes them tick. And, you know, that's easier said than done. That's right. Nagby's made a living in MLS doing that. And so, uh, and he's done it to an incredibly elite degree. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, in that, 
I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for us. Uh, you know what they're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. You know what they're going to do? We talked about this in a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the questions in a mailbag was, um, where are we most vulnerable? And that's our left-hand defensive side. Yeah. That's, you know, Caleb Wiley. That's, you know, Dennis w- or Derek Williams or um, Lewis Abram, which, I mean, we don't talk about that enough. We need to understand why Abram is fighting for his life against <laughs> Williams in terms of starting position. Like, this, this should not be a contested position for him, but somehow it is. He needs to get his head on straight. I don't know what's going on there, but that's unacceptable. Um so that's that's concerning. I'm worried Abram's not up to the task. I doubt Williams is up to the task of handling um and a you know two to three very high level attackers coming at him because that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna target that that le- our left hand, their right hand side, and they're gonna drill down over and over again there to expose us because they probably are targeting much like I am, that that's where we are weakest. They're going to try and avoid Steen as much as they can because that is going to be a huge, you know, uh, a, 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 just a, a, a boulder in their way. So they're just going to drive around it. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's what happened last season is uh, Miles Robinson. I mean, yes, there, he had the error for the, you know, the first goal in the, the third match uh, for Nagby to score from uh, distance. But yeah, I mean, more or less though like you, one guy can't cover all the all the space on the pitch so that's going to be the difficulty but uh yeah i think that brings us to uh, a good spot to be able to uh predict players uh in the starting 11 but uh first off the unavailable players edwin mascara he's probably still out for uh, a couple weeks in the start of the season, so he will not be able to play a part and uh, be that super sub that we need off the bench uh, with his pace. But uh, yeah, getting into the predicted 11, uh, we'll go through the lines together. But goalkeeper, what do you have? First time in a long time where this is an actual question. You yeah, know? I know, right? <laughs> it's usually, it's just, you know, tried and true, Bagazan in, the, in between the sticks. But mm-hmm. I think it's got to be Cohen if you want to have a chance at winning this or getting a draw here. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, you know, for him, it's the, the shot-stopping ability that we absolutely need. I mean, we're going to face a lot of shots. Like, it's, <laughs> that's just going to happen. So... Welcome to MLS, Josh. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Welcome to the fire. But uh, yeah, uh, in terms of the back line, <clears throat> who do you have for the fullbacks? Yeah, Lennon and Wiley. Yeah. I mean, Wiley obviously still getting a little bit of match fitness, but uh, yeah, seemingly has been, uh, you know, getting the nod. And, uh, you know, we do have. Uh, of course, Ronald Hernandez and McFadden uh, to... I would be very state. worried if either of those started there. Yes. Extremely worried. I mean, that's already our... And what I would... What I've already said is is our vulnerable area. That just makes us even more vulnerable. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, okay. And <clears throat> into the center backs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Lennon and Wiley. Uh, but who do you have for the center backs? Um, this is kind of interesting. I, I, it seems like it's going to be Williams on the left. Um, which again, like I said earlier, it's disappointing to see Luis, a player we really kind of put some stock into, just not able to to win his position. That that's concerning to me. 
Um, Williams, I don't think, is good enough to handle Columbus. I mean, not a lot of center backs are in MLS. And to ask him to do it, that's going to be tough um, for anyone. Um, and then, obviously, he's going to be complimented by Stian. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be Derek Williams. It's going to be Stian Gregerson. And, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> We, uh, what is going on with Abram? What is yeah, that? I mean, it's basically, I, I feel like, uh, you know, he hasn't had as strong of a preseason. And Williams is probably showing a little bit more. And uh, maybe a little bit more hunger, fight, and uh, possibly ability. Because he is, a, you know, a, a little bit bigger size. Uh, you know, possibly a little bit more, um, I would say seasoned to a degree in this league so yeah. so i don't know off the top of my head but what how many times more money do you think abram makes than williams uh well yeah we'll find out but uh <laughs> yeah when it's uh, just it's unacceptable <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing that's why it's uh it's still a competition for places and so it's not the worst thing but um you know may the best player win but uh, yeah, into the midfield, I think, uh, yeah, both are healthy, so this kind of chooses itself right here. Muyamba and Schlich, do you agree? Yes, and I, I hope to be seeing these two often. Yes, hopefully so. Uh, yeah, they seem to be a complement to uh, one another, and so uh, hopefully they can get that partnership running super quick because they need it. And, um, and then Fortune and Dax as backups to close out games. That's really nice. It's yeah, really exactly. nice. Yeah, you have experience and you have uh, someone that has not only athleticism and ability, uh, and also, I mean, he was used pretty much to that effect last season where he was closing out games. I mean, usually, yeah, you're not bringing on a homegrown that uh, hasn't played that many minutes, but he did it with some, I think, kind of panache in the sense that, you know, you weren't really that, I think, fussed when you saw him come on. It wasn't like a, oh, man, Fortune's coming on. It's like, oh, okay, Fortune's coming on. That should be good. Yeah, he, do, he does not come onto the pitch with a white flag in hand. Yeah. Uh, and uh, onto the wings, uh, yeah, do you have Saba and Silva or do you have somebody else? I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I do. The only other shout for me could have possibly been like Edwin, but he's just been such a dynamic super sub, and he's injured. So there's that. Um, and DEJ unfortunately is also injured. Which, um, are we gonna buy like him out and just <laughs> send him on his merry way at this point? Like last, this was also. Last year, at the beginning of the season, he was injured for X amount of time, too. Yeah. So it's just just that the, the, the hits just keep coming with him. Yeah, he uh, he cannot uh, buy the luck. And I think as, as well, yeah, so Derek Etienne Jr., I mean, I think that's the thing. You can't really buy out someone that's injured. That's uh, That might be a little, a little dicey there with the MLSPA. So, um yeah, I'm not so sure. Maybe it's when he's healthy, and maybe if he's not showing too much, there might be that possibility. Or they already had that kind of in place before he got injured. But right. but yeah, no, it's uh, I think no doubt it's going to be Saba and Silva unless somebody isn't healthy. But uh, yeah, in the middle, that is 
probably the biggest question uh, besides the goalkeeper position. Uh, will it be Almada? Will it be Nick Firmino? It'll definitely be Almada. I'll put like money on it, and I'm very confident in that. However, I don't think he plays full 90 minutes. Mm. I think they sub Almada off because I, they're you know concerned about his you know man, time management. So um, I think Firmino does come on, but it's late in the game. Um, I, yeah, I don't think Almada plays the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a great show. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nick Firmino had a great preseason. And, uh, you know, I think he can easily come in for, uh, you know, a lot of the guys uh, in there if we're chasing a goal. So, yeah, he will be a weapon off of the bench. But, uh, yeah, Tiago Mata gets the, the nod for me in the midfield. But, uh, and probably, <coughs> excuse me, as easy as it gets in terms of who's starting up top. Uh, if he's healthy, it's Yako. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, That's the new, uh, like, duh, you know, yeah. one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I think against most other teams in this league, I think we're feeling good. But uh, against Columbus Crew, not so good. So what's uh, what's your score prediction? It's, this could... I'm going to have some optimism and I'll say 2-2 two, two draw because mm. I really want a draw. I really, really want it. Yeah. That would be just a super way to start the season, in my opinion. Something to build on. Mm. Um, a confidence builder. I, you can you can go toe-to-toe and score some goals on, quote-unquote, the best team in the league. That's, I mean, you know, that's really good. You're in a good place. So um, that's what I'm going to hope for. I'm not sure how realistic that is. I would not be surprised if we get trounced. <laughs> but again, it's like, it depends how far we've come. If Columbus has regressed a little, which I, I doubt they have, you know, we're the biggest variable here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to be optimistic and say two to two because I want to will it into existence. But um, I just, I don't see us keeping a clean sheet because Columbus is just good at scoring and you know our defense is maybe still a work in progress um I'm just hoping we can claw two goals out of them I mean we were able to get some goals out of them in the championship or not championship which is the uh wishful thinking I guess no the uh the playoff game and maybe we can do it again yeah uh I'm not as bullish uh, on this match uh I I think we It'll be kind of close-ish uh, for most of the match, but ultimately, I don't know if that match fitness will will be there quite yet, and uh, I don't know if you know how this team has gelled really quite yet. That we will be able to muster enough going forward against their defense. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a two-one loss, and uh, yeah, I mean maybe a. Maybe it's one of those where, um, you know, it's kind of, it's level for uh, a good bit of the match, but unfortunately, yeah, uh, they're able to find a winner uh, later on in the match, which is a little bit of a dagger to the heart, but, uh, you know, hopefully we can get past it, and it's just the first match. It's a very forgiving season, as it always is uh, in MLS, so hopefully it's just the blip, but... 
Let us know in the comments below, guys, what you guys think. It's been a marathon episode. If you stuck around, more power to you, and we love you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, it's been almost an extravaganza of LA United talk. So, definitely enjoy it uh, if you have, and definitely smash that like button uh, for sure uh, at any point. Uh, but, yeah. That pretty much is the episode, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, who do you think will be the player that we talk about the most this season? It's going to be, I think, a lot of uh, a lot of players that uh, could have a shout. But uh, in terms of, you know, the player that we're always singing their praises. Or oh, I was—I thought you meant like it could go either negative or positive. Ooh, okay, yeah, or negative. I was thinking more positive, but okay, yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, so yeah, you know, negative or positive, who are we talking about the most this season? So get at us in the yeah. comments below, and uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, in terms of anything, that's the episode there and there, and so. Just- uh, Two things real quick, too. Mm-hmm. Join the Discord. We got some competitions going on. Mm-hmm. There's going to be stuff throughout the season that we're doing that's exciting in the Discord. It's a vibrant community, a lot of engagement, a lot of talking. Best Atlanta United community on the internet. That's definitely. Yeah, that's right. So definitely join up on that um, to get a full understanding of what we're doing all the time um, in terms of like, you know, live events and stuff like that. So please join us there. We'll be waiting for you. We'll keep the light on. Um, and also, um, we are going to be returning to doing our post-match live show streams after every game. So head on over to our YouTube channel, 10-15 minutes post every game we have this season, unless we stipulate otherwise, um, and come hang out with us. Doing, sit in the live chat, hit us up with some questions. Cons- you know, um, let's uh, commiserate if we lose. If we if we win, let's celebrate all together. It's a great, fun time, and we look forward to seeing you there. Love it, love it. Couldn't have said it any better. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>